Hello, friends. I'd like to thank our executive producers for tonight's tonight's show. We're going to be going to be a long one, two hours or a little bit more. I'd like to thank Lady Upstate, Lady Sandy, and Lady Diane. I'd like to thank you, ladies, very much. And of course, if you'd like to be an executive producer for this program and get credits, it's for a, if you have a donation of twenty dollars or more, that'll get you an executive producer slot and that money goes to our radio license all the money that this show generates it goes for our radio license and we're going to do something amazing with that you guys stay tuned you know i'm thinking about other ways to to uh generate funds for our radio license i want to run some of these by you guys i thought of a nothing burger t-shirt what would you guys think about that you know just like a burger with a no sign you know and i i said I have one, um, and these are going to go to our graphic. We actually have a graphic designer I work with, and uh, I think I'm also going to have a Sasquatch holding a bowl of Fruit Loops. I think that would be awesome. You know, I got this idea, um, and I think I'll run it by Cooper. Cooper, if, I don't think he's here tonight, but he usually comes in after about 20 minutes. I think I'll have to run this one by him, and you know the legality of it, because there's recently been a change in, in the law, and and this isn't a joke. It's because of uh, the ability to change your pronouns. So the laws changed a little bit, and I found out about it. So it's now really cheap to change your name for about $45 is all it takes. And I thought, you know what? How about we start a little LLC where you can, you know, just click a button and fill out the form and change your name. You probably also do it by the mail, but just something that easy. And I thought, you know what? It'd be cool to change your name whenever you want, you know, just $45, you know, and people have to legally go by it because you can, you know, legally speed up the process, of course. So now I'm like, you know what? I'd, I'd change my name every other week. Some of you change your, your YouTube icons like that, and it'd be the same thing, really. You know, your name could really be, I don't know, what are some of your names, Lady Upstate? And, uh... Let me look in the chat room. What are some of your names you'd actually change it to? Why not? Uh, Happy Jack, that would be a real name. Uh, Mr. Sentinel, Robomod, all these could be real names. What do you guys think? But you know what? Here's the best part of this idea. What about if you could change someone else's name? What if you could do this at work? You know, to that one annoying person at your work that doesn't show up to work very much, you know. And they finally come in and you say, hey, good morning, dumbass. Excuse me, what what did you say to me? I said, good morning, dumbass. Well, I, I, you, I wish you'd talk with, to me with more respect. Well, why are you saying that, dumbass? Because my name is not dumbass, it's Randall. You know what you're saying. I'm going to go to HR. Well, you just go ahead and go to HR. And here you take this slip of paper. I changed your name to dumbass. What is? What are you talking about? Randall takes the HR. They're, they're calling me dumbass, and they gave me this piece of paper. Well, that's because that's your name now, dumbass. Now get out of my office. I'd like to thank you for joining me. I am Jerry Adams. I'm a Fruit Loop, and so are you. You're listening to Midnight Radio, or you're watching it right here in front of our live studio audience 
at YouTube. I'd like to thank everybody that's listening to the live audio stream and a shout out to all of you on Spotify. If you would be interested in a membership, hang out till the ending of the show and I'll explain to you how that works. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you're ready for a big show tonight. Whenever I do a show like last night and I can't get in all the calls I want to get in, I feel really bad. Not just because I didn't get to take all your calls, because I really wanted to talk to you. This show is a conversation with you. There's no other reason it exists. I don't think I'm great. I don't think I'm wonderful. I don't think I'm an expert in anything relating to the true crime field. But I think that I want to talk to you, and I know you want to talk to me. We'll be opening those phone lines up pretty soon. We have some things to go over. Um, I guess I should put out a graphic content warning because I'm about to play the video. I'm going to get right to it. This is a supposed audio that came from the next door neighbor of the King Road Murder House residence. We call it the Murder House, just so you know what I'm talking about. Tragedy, tragedy struck there. But supposedly this is the audio that came from the affidavit. It described it there. And it is my understanding, and um, I verified it. Verifying is not the word. I cross-referenced it from two other sources to make sure my thoughts were correct. That it came from the ring camera at the panty pilferer house. The girl that got her panties pilfered, um, we did a video of that called MPD Panty Pilferer. Uh, those were again. This shows about wild ass speculations, wild ass uh, theories, not wild ass accusations. That's that's something else. That's taking it too far. Some major alligators here in the chat room. But you know that could have been a college prank. It really could have been. But the fact remains that that day she ordered a ring camera, and uh, they used that as one of the sources. Now, some of you might correct me, and that's fine, because I'm okay with being wrong. I'm really good at it. You might say it's right from across the street. Either way, we're going to play that audio right now for you. I want to know what you think about it. We're going to have to listen to this together and figure it out. Now, I do have advanced audio editing software and advanced video editing software, but I didn't have time to use that before I played it. So uh, while some of the sounds on this may have been enhanced, it has been enhanced by me. And again, you're going to have to listen really close. I suggest you have earphones or earbuds. All right, here we go. Play it right now. I'm not 
You guys want me to play it one more time? Is this legitimate? That is a good question. Is going around as being legitimate? We don't know at this time. I'll play it one more time. Uh, I suggest you guys watch it on the playback and uh, do it at uh, 0.75 speed. I'll play it one more time, then we'll move on. It's hard for me to comment. I'm listening, and I have these high-quality earphones on. It's hard for me to hear. Thank <laughs> you. 
Now, I'm not trying to pass this off as a thrill. For those of you that are just tuning in, I saw some people probably wonder why I'm playing this. This show is about WAS and WATs and TATs. That's wild-ass speculation, wild-ass theories, and tame-ass theories. That's what we go over here. You guys provide those for us, and we go over them. This one was provided. We're going over it, and I'm not saying it's real. Before, we had a horrible, horrible, faking son of a butterscotch and drop shipping uh, barf worm infested person. I'm not going to say who it was, but I believe the name of his channel is Joseph Morris. I'm not sure what his name is, where he faked the audio, um, and a story about it. Um, this could be that case. Somebody's just trying to get famous or popular, but this might be real. So we go over these things. We look at it, we analyze it, we put a pin in it, and when more information comes out, we compare it. And you guys gave us a lot of information, we went over it, and guess what? A lot of it turned out to be correct. We found out that um, DM, or Dylan Mortison, her bedroom was up at the top floor, not on the bottom, one of the second floor, I believe. So um, other things too, um, we went over the panty pilfering episode where uh, some poor college girl got her panties pilfered, but on that day she put in a ring camera, and I believe that's where this audio supposedly came from. Well, I'm sorry, not this audio, the audio that was presented in the affidavit. Uh, this is put out on a Facebook group for the Idaho 4 murder, saying that this is the audio from that ring camera. Now it would be the purview of those that had that audio to put it out uh, to somebody other than the police whenever they wanted to, and it wouldn't be illegal for them to do that after it had been presented as in the affidavit. So, is it possible? Yes. Am I saying it is? I'm saying I don't know. Um, a lot of you guys are hearing some things I'm not hearing in it, and I have professional earphones on, and I'm not saying you're not hearing it. I believe you are. I heard screaming. I heard a dog barking. These raises a lot of this audio. It raises a lot of questions to what you guys were thinking, what you guys have been saying, and I appreciate you guys very much. We have community guidelines. Those are your community guidelines that you guys want. It ensures uh, freedom of conversation. Really, is what it is. And you guys have been using that, and you guys been sticking with it, even when things might get a bit contentious. One of the issues of contention in our comment section right now is. DM statement in the affidavit that she opened her door, closed it three times, what she saw, what she heard, what she did, what she didn't do. Some of you guys are upset about it. Uh, we're all confused about it. My take on it is this. We don't know a lot of information. There was a lot redacted. But all of your opinions are real, and all of your feelings are even more real, you know. So... You guys are respecting each other and you're ha respectful in your conversations. You don't have to agree. That's fine. You don't have to belittle somebody if they don't agree with your opinion. or You're crazy. Why would you think that? You guys don't do that, and I appreciate that because these are important, and it's important to have these differences of opinion. So I'm going to tell you what. When, we go to, when they go to trial on this, believe you me, that defense attorney is going to bring up all these questions and DM is going to be up there answering 
answering these and the the questions that you guys have you guys are the jury right now you're the jury of public opinion and the thing the things that pop up in your mind this doubt that pops up is the same thing that would pop up in the jury it's the same thing that would pop up in the defense to exaggerate to dig into to come up with that reasonable doubt so that is why this is important your gut feelings are important because we're all human and you guys bring up some interesting points and some interesting issues. We're gonna we're gonna go into the defense counsel here in a minute, what they've been doing, how fast they're doing it, and and different issues pertaining to that. Um, this is one of the very interesting parts of a case to me is when it starts being litigated. Um, and it's an aspect and a concept I appreciate, not only in a true crime setting, but also in a scientific uh, geographic setting. Maybe you guys will hear about that later on a different show. But the fact that somebody can stand in front of you and argue a case, they can argue and say, this person could not have done it, this is why. And then... Opposing counsel will come up to you and say, look, he did it. This is why. This is common sense. These are the facts. And when they come up to you and they present their cases, and if they're even halfway good, you'll be convinced that he didn't do it. And the next counsel will come up, and they will convince you that he did do it. But when we went through the affidavit, there's things that popped up in your mind. And even now, as we're speaking Hourly, the M5M mainstream are talking about this, and they were all—they're already doing that. They're talking about—they're talking to ex ex criminologists. They're talking to ex counsel, and they're already making these arguments. And it's fascinating. We're going to look at it right now. Here's an argument from your boy, Larry Cuomo. If we're going to cover this wall to wall, then let's be fair about this. There's a probable cause warrant or affidavit for a warrant that is uncross-examined, that has got holes that you could drive a Mack truck through, and I've listened to 20 minutes assuming that this is the guy. And, you know, there's a reason that in England they have the contempt of court act, because when they bring over tabloidization over here, Fox News and Murdoch and everybody else, at least in England, when the person is accused and is starting the proceedings, they shut down the media. And there's a good reason for that, because this has been absolutely incomprehensible to me. I mean, the if you want to know the truth, Chris, the, the father of the, the poor woman who's dead had more reserve, had more kind of compassion and understanding of the system than, uh, than what I'm watching. It's really disturbing. What is disturbing you exactly? What is different What's on the strength of this you, law? No, I know how you would defend him, Mark, but hold on. First of all, you know, tone is not always the same thing as tenacity. What I'm saying is, given the strength of the affidavit that they put forward, you think that there's any reasonable basis to question this arrest? No, but okay. I think there's a so reasonable let's start basis with that, to not that's assume the same place guilt. I am. I think, could he beat the case? No, because of course, listen to of course what he could beat the case. Listen Listen to what you said. Please. If there's probable cause, that's not guilt. I didn't that's say it was. Probable cause 
It, well, I invite you to to roll back the tape and take a listen, because I sat and listened intently. I think and but a, you, and you listened I, for what you wanted to hear, which was the disposition of a criminal defense attorney and how they feel about what's being put out there. And I respect your emotion. That's actually that's actually an argument. That's a fallacy. That's an ad hominem to say criminal defense attorney, as if that diminishes no the way. point. No the way. point is no way. when you say yes. when you say I'm just I'm just I'm just making a point. If you want to hear it or not, please go when ahead. you say this is the guy, what do you want to have happen to him? Blah, 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 blah. That assumes exactly a prejudgment of guilt. But you are dealing with a case where if this is the person that the police is putting forward, this is the face, the likeness and the set of circumstances the family has to process. So that's the context I, of the I, question. Wait. Man, that was a contentious conversation right there. I'm not even sure what the hell I just listened to. But this is somebody I always like listening to, and you do too. But hold on a second. It's your girl, Banfield. Come on. Come on, Ashley. Brian. Brian. Yeah, this was a surprise, actually, because it's been quiet out there uh, for, for a while. Remember, they were even going to break down the crime scene at one point. Today, though, about five pickup trucks uh, showed up to the house, parked outside. Uh, there were some men that went inside, and then they started carrying out the mattresses, which appeared to be uh, sort of wrapped up in some kind of, like, big bag. Um, so the mattresses went out. They went into the back of the pickup trucks. Uh, and then they also carried out what you can see right here. I think that was a bed frame that they wrapped in a tarp. And you can see the people carrying the items are wearing gloves, uh, loaded it into the back of the pickup truck, took out some smaller items too. They were there for maybe two hours or so, uh, and then off they went. Do we know for sure that this was, I mean, they look like the state, but it certainly could be big burly guys for the defense. I highly doubt the defense is allowed to take items away, that this is more likely the state would be taking it to a lab for preservation and that the defense could visit the lab. But were they um, answering any questions? I know they normally don't, but were they today? They weren't answering questions. I did notice one of them was a Moscow police officer, I believe, that I have seen in the past going in and out of the house. So I think these were detectives. But don't forget, Ashley, the gag order that was signed by the judge. The police are not allowed to say a word to us anymore. We can send emails and ask what was going on. They're not going to answer. Same with the defense. We're not going to watch this whole thing. I just wanted you to know that they were back there. This was from yesterday, I believe. And they were getting more information. They were getting more evidence. They were getting beds and stuff. And the fact that they didn't give it for is interesting. Why they're taking it out now, I don't know. I'm checking your comments right now. While I go over these things, if you want to say something, you can call my phone number that's not up on the screen for some reason. Come on. Come on, man. There we go, Brian, Brian, Brian messing with me. 325-261-0892. If you're a little bit shy and you don't want to talk to me live, but you have something to say, you know, I'll tell you who I want to call that line, if he can. He has a lot to say there in the chat room. Ben Dreaming, Ben Dover, what's his name? Ben Dreaming. you can call in. You have some experience there. You can leave me a voicemail. Um, 
I want your point to be heard, not just read by me, but heard by everybody. Say you worked in law enforcement for a decade and you have an opinion about the information that's being disseminated. We'd like to hear from you. Call in there, leave a voicemail message, and I'll play that throughout the show before I open up the phone lines. Uh, I have so many Banfield clips tonight, I'm almost ashamed of my damn self. I mean, you guys you guys joke with me and say I got a thing for Ashley Banfield, but I'm just saying she's the most attractive 70-year-old woman I've ever seen. That's all I'm saying. This one, I'm sorry, this one's interesting. I got to go back to Banfield. Interesting breaking news it. that um, a local NBC reporter is saying um, Steve Elvis has told NBC News, and this has been the mystery we've all been wondering about. Why did the two roommates in the morning uh, call the police about an unconscious person when there was apparently a bloodbath in their home? And this is what we are learning uh, that Steve Gonzalez may have told this NBC News um, outlet uh, that you've got to remember these two girls were so upset that when they went outside after seeing this, it wasn't very legible. They couldn't quite understand what the girls were seeing. He's referring to the 911 operator trying to make sense of what these two girls are saying over the phone, but he's saying that they ran outside having seen something horrible, and then he goes on to say, one passed out and the other one was hyperventilating that the message wasn't clear enough for the operator. This makes a lot more sense, that maybe those girls did see part of or some of the bloodbath in the morning and tried to call and could not get the message out to the operator and one of them was hyperventilating and the other is passing out and then they just say, hey, we got an unconscious person. We got an unconscious person there. I want to bring in Mark O'Mara. He's a criminal uh, defense attorney and civil rights attorney as well. This, Mark, has been a missing piece for a long time. And I, I mean, it certainly helps us to understand the mystery of the morning but there's still a lot of, of, of holes. And, and I just want to get your thoughts on that for starters. And then I'm going to ask you all about the defense. We're going to get his thoughts. Again, everything I'm playing here is going to be in the description. Uh, I'm going to update the links in the description after we do the show. After. Um, this is something you guys have been talking about. So we're going to listen to Ashley talk to experts about it. I've got more coming up. Yeah, there's so much intrigue in this six or eight hours that nobody called anybody. Um, perhaps there was something that we don't know about yet. Perhaps they were drinking or uh, not to impugn their integrity, but were they intoxicated on drugs or alcohol or something? That makes a lot more sense than this woman sees this attacker, or at least a stranger, in her house with a mask on, drives or walks by and she does nothing for the better part of six or eight hours that makes no sense and quite honestly may well be fodder for the defense because defense attorneys just look for anything to suggest an inexplicable event and that's reasonable doubt so what about the notion that Koberger matched uh, one of these roommates, uh, DM? We know it's Dylan because we've been talking about these surviving roommates for quite some time. Dylan said that uh, he had bushy eyebrows. She saw bushy eyebrows. That is a... That is a, that is a point I want to make to you guys. Um, I want to think, who was it? I want to say Susan. I want to blame Susan. No, um, Susan was having a conversation with somebody in the chat in the in the uh, comment section 
about bushy eyebrows. How could she see his bushy eyebrows? How could she see the bushy eyebrows through a mask? Uh, that question, I didn't say anything. It kind of stymied me, guys, because the thumbnail on the video I did, you can see the bushy eyebrows through the mask. That's, that's how those type of masks work. So the picture there, yeah, you can see. You can see the eyebrows. Oh, Missy's in the comment section. Good, 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 good. She has a lot of, uh, she was involved in the conversation about this. This is something we're all interested in. Eyebrows aren't going to be seen from a mask. Uh, Mr. Sentinel says eyebrows aren't going to be seen from a mask. I completely disagree with you. Respectfully, I disagree with you. Go back right now and look at the thumbnail for our last video. That is the mask that you can see eyebrows through. I mean, it's not a mystery there. It was a ski mask. Somebody's asking what kind of ski mask was it? It was a ski mask. I mean, guys, have you not worn a ski mask? Are you not familiar with ski masks? Your eyebrows do show. They show a lot. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you back old school now. Um, let, me, let me see if I have the picture for you. I believe I do, and I'm going to show it right now. All right, you're talking about the, um, the mask, the eyebrows and the mask. All right, look at this. Now, this is a picture of Cole Berger next to Ted Bundy, right? And I'm not saying uh, nothing burgers, crimes, and, and Brundle burger. I'm not saying that these two are crimes or anything alike. But the reason why the picture was I wanted to discuss the, the eyes with you. There's something about the eyes. Nothing else makes these guys seem familiar except the eyes. Or knowing what they did, maybe? Does that taint the way we see things, knowing or thinking we know what they did? Anyway, my point is this. There was a movie that was put out about uh, Bundy, and it was, uh, uh, it was one with Mark Harmon. It came out in the 80s. And he had a ski mask, and there's many movies with ski masks where their eyebrows are showing. I don't understand why this that one is such a mystery. If you've ever worn a ski mask... I had to in the military in cold weather fighting environments. Your eyebrows show. Uh, there's a picture. Uh, again, last time I'm going to say it. There's a picture on our, our um, thumbnail for the last video where it's a man in a ski mask and his eyebrows are showing. So, I mean, that's, that's a fact. That's verified. I've worn a ski mask and my eyebrows showed on it. I don't understand why people aren't understanding that. That, that, that one kind of blows my mind. But, I mean, the dead eyes is what makes it look alike. These guys really don't look alike, but is it something in our minds or is it something behind their eyes? They say, they say eyes are a reflection of the soul. Both these guys look like they have a lot of confessing to do. The reason why I was bringing this up is because this is something that's also in the news. This is Brian Kohlberger's mother. She wrote this article about when she wrote this article this is this to call this an article this is mainly this was a letter sent in is what it is and this was at the time of ted bunny's execution i remember that day very well she wrote this cheering the hearse uh brooklyn perhaps one of the saddest commentaries on mankind was evident during the execution of theodore bundy while no sane, compassionate individual would excuse atrocities 
admitted by this man, neither would any sane individual applaud the passing of his funeral hearse. What have we become? Is the taking of a human life acceptable when the state takes responsibility for it? Marianne, nothing burger. So the news about her writing this is going around. There's an article by Mew, or whatever you're talking about it, comparing these two individuals. Again, I don't think they look alike, but I do find similarities in the personality. We heard from a student who worked with Coberger. Coberger was a TA for his class that he was taking. And uh, he talked about how Coberger made boilerplate responses. This is also a tactic that Theodore Bundy did. And I plan on doing a video coming up about uh, Ted Bundy and the Garden State Killer. And one of the things I'm using is the the last interview Ted Bundy did with, um, I can't remember, hold on, what was it? Focus on the family. And I remember listening to that when I was a little boy. And then uh, it wasn't very, very long before his execution. And uh, it had an impact on my life. But looking at it as an adult, you you hear the things he's saying, you see the way he looks in the camera, you see the way he's addressing the person speaking to him, and there's a lack of connection, you know, like you and I are talking, I'm saying things, there's things I've planned or before I've planned on, but really we're just having a conversation. There's a, a lack of connection there, and maybe that lack of con- connection is what we see in the eyes here. Now, this came from Twitter that the mother, she wrote a column about Ted Bundy. The Twitter user shared that photo. There'll be a link in our show notes. It said it's horrible to cheer the hers. And now, years later, you know, her son resembles him. And there's a lot of people cheering for his demise. I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying you are. But some people are. And he hasn't even been tried yet, right? I'm going to play a little bit more of this Banfield interview. Just just a little bit more. Hey, I can't that's help mana from heaven for prosecutors to have a, a witness actually give that kind of detail about a face. Not just, you know, he was 6'2 or 5'10 and a, and a light build. It's bushy eyebrows. No question that that is going to be one of the sort of star pieces of evidence of a, of a prosecution's case. The, the witness on scene can identify at least three or four or five different uh, characteristics of this person. Again, this is an extraordinarily strong case of forensic tying together a noose, if you will, around Koberger's neck already. And we've only seen 17 pages before we're done, Ashley, you know, there's going to be tens of thousands of pages of discovery on this case. It's true. Okay, I got to ask you about cell phone pings because we've been, you know, making huge hay about cell phone pings literally have a, a roadmap, uh, you know, to, to Brian Koberger. But there was one line in the affidavit that I thought, I know Mark O'Mara is going to seize on that and every defense attorney out there will seize on it. It said that his cell phone pings in Moscow, November 14th, that's the day after, that's Monday after the murders. But investigators, quote, do not believe the phone was in Moscow on that date. Well, then why should anybody believe the phone was in Moscow on any of the other days? Is that what a defense attorney will say in this case? 
Absolutely. It's that one little string that you want to pull on, that seed of doubt that may grow into reasonable doubt. In and of itself, maybe not enough, but we don't know what she's doing for eight hours. Now we know the phone wasn't there. Now we know. See, you guys see the pattern. We have people on one side saying it would be hard for any jury. They can't see any jury in the country not convicting this guy. Then you can see other people saying on the other side, oh, man. This affidavit alone has holes big enough to drive a Hummer through. Do you see what's being said here? No, why wasn't she saying anything? Now we know that a uh, hundred people have left DNA. Why his? There's so much more information that needs to come out. But I will tell you, if the next couple of three or four months are as good an investigative technique as the last couple of months to get us to this point, They've done quite a good job, and of course, with FBI assistance, I, I must say, the best law enforcement agencies in the world, uh, they're going to tie down every loose end on this one. Do they ever? Because just that timeline that we're looking at on the screen right now, it, it's got a two-hour hole in the cell phone, right? Uh, police say that's just when he turned it off because he didn't want to be pinged there. But he's leaving Pullman, and then he disappears, and then he's coming back to Pullman before and after the murders. And is that doubt, or is that reasonable doubt, or is that nope, nope? Well, it depends on what the jury thinks, if it's reasonable or not. I, I have to leave it there. Mark, you'll come back mm -hmm. again, won't you? All right, uh, Ashley's tossing it back to me. Thank you, Ash. I'll call you later. All right. Let me go to the voicemails before I play. Another Banfield clip for you. You weren't expecting this one, were you? I hope we're talking about Papa. Rogers. I always want to call Papa, say Papa Roche. That was the name of a band. That would be completely wrong. Papa Rogers. But uh, let's go to the voicemail line. I was in nursing school in 1979 in Camden, New Jersey, when the killings occurred in Florida. And um, we really didn't know anything about it. That's a very good point. Very good point. Love you, Jerry. Bye. Awesome. Thank you very much. I'm trying to call, but I... it's not open yet. All right. I'm going to go ahead and open up the voice line right now. Voice line is not open. If you want to call me, I'm going. I'm going to play a little bit of this video right here, and then I have another one. This is one that Lily Loop sent me. She's saying that she saw, or she thinks she saw, Brian Koberger in a Moscow police, Moscow, sorry, sorry, Moscow Police Department conference. Midnight caller line, this is Jerry, who am I speaking to? Hi, Jerry. This is Marie. I called a little bit ago. I went to school in Camden when this was all occurring uh, with the, uh, not this, but with Ted Bundy. Uh-huh. And, and you didn't know anything about it? No, we did not. Um, 
as I look in retrospect, um, I don't remember hearing anything about it, but there was no internet, there was no uh, cell phones, and um, the TV connection was very limited. So how do, how do you think, what is the difference between today when everybody has a lot of information about a crime, such as what happened in Moscow and Ted Bundy, when the information wasn't disseminated and people weren't talking about it and speculating? Do you think that changed anything for Bundy's defense? Well, I think it probably would have helped Bundy, but I think it also should be a, an awareness to uh, any current or future perpetrators that they're just not going to pull it off now. There's too much uh, scientific and technolo technological um, data that you just can't skate by uh, cameras, DNA, familial DNA. I've, I've done Ancestry and uh, GED um, I just don't think this is good. like, okay, he did this and he was, I don't want to say successful, but he completed the task he went there for, but he was caught. And I think that most people or anybody who is contemplating this will be caught. But you said that you thought, you think that having all the information out there and having people talk about it would have actually helped Bundy? No, I don't think, I think it would have helped Bundy be caught. Okay, I see. I, I, I agree with you too, but they had a description in the face of the guy. We didn't have anything like that this time. When I was in school and this occurred, because I was in school from 70, uh, fall of 76 to spring of 79 and in a nursing school. And um, we didn't hear anything about it. You know, there was nothing on TV. And that would have been our only source of information at that time. I'm old. Yeah, I, uh, um, I recently read a book about that about a month ago. So it's kind of still fresh in my mind. And it's hard. There's questions I want to ask somebody that remembers what was going on back then, you know, what, what the fervor in the public was, but I guess that fervor, I think the difference is this. I think the technology that we have today, the, the YouTube, um, and all the other social media sites there, they make the world smaller. So I think what we're feeling now is the same thing they felt in the places like uh, Florida state university where the murders actually took place. I think they had the feeling there that we all have now because we have all the information just as fast as they had it in that small community at the time. That's what I'm thinking. Agreed. Had, had I lived in Florida at that time, I probably would have known more about it because everything's local news. So even though I went to school in Camden, which was, is a pretty uh, scary little town, um, there were so many other things going on. We did not hear about this business with these nursing students and we were nursing students. So one would think that that would have been national news and maybe it was, and maybe we we were just wrapped up in our studies and, and didn't acknowledge that. But, um, it just seems to me, uh, in this day and age, I don't think anybody is going to 
pull this off. Not the way that he did it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of serial killers that aren't caught every year, and there's very little evidence left. If you, One of the things that was shocking about this is it took him so long to catch the suspect. And now that we've seen more evidence, we've seen the affidavit, we can understand why. But it's just shocking that somebody in... You know, in the middle of a town there, in front of everybody, in, a fun, in front of a busy place, could commit something so graphic and so terrible and not get caught right away. Now, right Agreed. now, there's a lot of serial killers that are getting away with it. And women, you guys need to be careful. Um, the, what they do is they target women traveling by themselves, and they attack them right after they, they leave a gas station so there's no cameras around. So I've, I don't know if you remember that I had called in a couple of weeks ago, like the day he was caught was the last I talked to you. And I said that I had always suspected that he was a serial killer, but I always had suspected that he had some sort of a connection to that church, which has not been confirmed. And has, you know, I've seen nothing to, uh, validate my theory. Um, but, um, just out in the world in general, it there's, and then I saw a thing today on another channel that, uh, there are the, the words they use were lots of serial killers out there. They didn't give like 55, 200. They did not give a number, but that the FBI are tracking. So, um, yeah, be alert. I was doing a story recently on the man that, has a serial killer tracking database and uh he is not with the law enforcement agency but he is a professor um the guy from boston i, I don't recall i'm not recalling if he's from boston i think he is actually but i don't have a link to his info with me to refresh me but um yeah i was going over that and there is a definite number of serial killers. And what he does is he goes around and he, ha he has a database of all the different aspects of the murders and tries to match them up. Tensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, he works with the woman, um, I can't think of her name, uh, not the lady that wrote the BTK Ramsland, but there's another woman who was originally... Uh, in with the uh, Netflix video where they talked about uh, profiling the woman who was the original profiler. Um, I can't think of her name, but but her and this other gentleman that you're referring to interviewed uh, BTK's daughter. And uh, that was very eye-opening and Personally, I felt like the the woman who had um, done the study and the guy who kept this uh, traffic of serial killers, which you're talking about, they talked with her, and I really felt like they were somewhat intimidated by her and and what she had to say as far as being the daughter of that man. And growing up, and he was just my dad. We went fishing and blah, 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 blah. Um, Chad's saying her name is Dr. Fascinating. Ann Burgess. Dr. Ann Burgess. Yes, 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 yes. That is her. And she is, uh, she, I think she did that Mind Hunters TV show. 
Ann Burgess. She was the uh, original woman that they uh, faceted that uh, series on called Mindhunters. That was a Netflix series. And, yeah, and I, think her, I think you're talking the, about the lady from Surviving the Survivor. Um, it she, could be. She's been that, I do like that show. Out. BTK, just to let everybody the, know, just to let everybody know about this, um, BTK's daughter's a writer, or she wrote the book about being BTK's daughter, so she's also selling a book. That's one of the things she's doing in these interviews. Don't kid yourself. Also, yeah, what's the name of the lady? But also, there's your dad. Yeah, yeah, she definitely has a point of view nobody else in the world would have. There was a the lady who was. Uh, nothing burgers professor that actually interviewed btk what was her name do you guys ramsland 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 okay i remember uh at the time that was going on and she was interviewing him i was i haven't read it and i don't want to because i felt there was something wrong about it um Giving him I've heard allusions to, to that that her relationship with him was more than just uh writing the book um, I don't. I don't think that. I think I listened to a very extensive interview on it, and and I know how things like that happen. But she she wrote to him, and she wanted to do a book about him, and got him to agree agree to it. And it just it seems wrong that he had access to a book like that. To me, just a little bit. It seems a little wrong that he had access to any people in general who could propagate his fantasies and in retrospect perhaps um, contributed to this current situation because the daughter is saying, the BTK daughter is saying that there's a possibility that BK, I hope I'm getting these initials correct, uh, that BK may have uh, communicated with him, whether it be by letter or uh, visiting him in person or through Ramsland. Now, I don't know. That's uh, allegedly, all allegedly. Please don't quote me on that. I don't need to quote you. It's going out to thousands of people right now. But Yeah, sorry think, about that. <laughs> but well, I mean, there is a connection there. She, she was Nothing Burger's professor and... Um, everybody would have known about this book. I'm sure he read it, being interested in the yeah. genre. I'm sure he did. And um, these are interesting connections that are in this case. It really is. There's too many. And the WSU um, connection, is, is that not where Ted Bundy went to school? Like, if you could pick any college in the United States of America to do your PhD, would you go to the one that Ted Bundy went to? Uh I wouldn't even care. Who who would who would do that though? Well, I wouldn't even BK consider it. Did. He did, but I'm I, I can't see anybody considering that because I mean Ted Bundy didn't do much studying there, really. He didn't graduate. You know what I and mean? And neither did BK. But maybe it's well, he did. I, I don't Actually, know. he did graduate. He had he got his masters. Um Oh, Bundy did? No, no, BK did. No, BK got his masters in Pennsylvania. He finished his master's. Did he finish finish his uh, doctorate? In DeSalle. He didn't finish his doctorates yet, right? So he was well, just in his doctorate. Well, that's the whole thing. Program. That whole um, 
that's another thing, that whole thing that uh, where they put out that questionnaire that he did about what would you do in this case? What would you do if you got caught? What would you do if you, you know, like where he put out to uh, professional uh, perpetrators, please write in and tell me what you would think. Um, that was put, What now this is something else I've read. I, I could be wrong. But he, he that was on the um, DeSalle uh, paper head. You know, the, was, um, yes. their paperwork. And their server. It was on the but server. that in, when he put that out, uh, there was a guy they had on that wrote um, PhD paperwork. I don't, I don't know anything about that because I've never done that. But um, the guy that uh, was saying that said that um, when he posted that, it was there would not have ever been enough time for that questionnaire to go out and come back and him to do a PhD thesis on it because there's a whole tribunal type thing that you have to go through in order to put that paperwork out. Rumor has it. I heard the allegedly. same thing. I heard that he did that. That was an extracurricular thing he did. So whether or not uh, it has anything to do with his PhD or was he just doing that um, on the outside to do his own uh, research for his current thing. I don't know. There's so much to not know. And I'm hoping that the trial will clear that up. I think the affidavit uh, tipped our hands a little bit to uh, many things. I think, I think that I've, going back to what you were saying about that questionnaire that he had and that study that he was conducting through Reddit, uh, we looked at it here on the show. It was majorly creepy. And then there was a third internet entity, if we want to call it that, named Papa Rogers. It was going around asking Papa Rogers. Papa yeah. Rogers. He was asking the same things that was in that, that questionnaire exactly. before, before anybody knew about it. And he was also freaking out, trying to find out if anybody knew if there was a sheath missing in that house. Oh, I didn't know that he had asked that on the Papa Rogers. Papa Rogers uh, thread. I did not know he was looking for, uh, Um, but apparently that was the doing in. And I heard that the thumbprint was on the inside of the snap, Uh, you know, where you snap it shut and his uh, print was on the inside of the snap. So I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, Personally, you know, I, I, I can't say because I don't know, but I think, um, you know, he could be very guilty. Uh, he's got a lot of explaining to do and his dad, uh, that's a whole other scenario. I don't know. There's so many things. There's so many things. I'm not going to tie up your. All right. Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it. You brought up some points that I, I wanted to make, but I forgot and I, I appreciate it and thank you right. for that. Okay. Thank you for listening. Good night. Yeah, she brought up some good points that I wanted to talk about. I want to get in this clip real quick, and uh, we'll take some more calls after that. My nose was itching. That's why I was playing with my nose. Here we go. She said in the jail, I I got the exclusive reporting from a witness in the Pennsylvania jail that he answered two questions of jailers. One said, uh, why'd you do it? And he said, I didn't do it. But the other one said, why'd you go to Idaho? And he said, the shopping's better in Idaho. 
I, I, first of all, I can't believe anybody would joke about something so horrendous. Second of all, if you're innocent and you're brought in, why would you say something like this? I wanted to get your read on that comment that was made in the Pennsylvania jail. Yeah, the snarky sarcasm there is not the mark of an innocent person. It's just not. It is somebody who's narcissistic, smug, and thinks he's going to get away with it. But you just mentioned the internship that he applied for in Pullman, Washington, with the local police, where he wanted to help them with their digital forensic technology as if he was an expert. And that is ironic uh, because, of course, it's the digital forensics, the, the cell phone, the car video, the videos of his car that got him caught. But the biggest thing, if you want to just chalk up, if he is indeed guilty, how idiotic this is, is that he is in a death penalty state that doesn't have the insanity defense. It's the only state in the union that doesn't have the insanity defense. So maybe the shopping's better. Was he talking about shopping for victims? It's it's not just creepy, it's it's insulting. Uh, yeah, to well, the he went, you know what, he went to Albertson's, uh, he went to Albertson's at around noon um, after uh, the, the murders, and if he's the killer, that's what he was doing after butchering four people shopping at Albertson's uh, that afternoon. Okay, uh, the other thing I'm, I'm astounded at, and I don't get this at all, 4 a.m., the noises begin and they wake up uh, Dylan, the, the surviving roommate, and she thinks she can hear Kaylee upstairs. She thinks she can hear Zana. Zana just got a DoorDash delivery at 4 a.m., and the killings happened in this 15-minute to 16-minute period. I can't understand how you could see lights on, a DoorDash delivery arriving at a home, and be killing within 15 minutes. Does this make any sense? Well, just keep in mind that nothing about this makes sense. But what is startling is the confidence with which the killer would have gone in the door within 12 minutes after the DoorDash delivery. Uh, we assumed, of course, they were all sleeping in their beds. But, but now that we know the timeline, I mean... You get a DoorDash delivery, you're eating it in the next 12 minutes. This person came in. We know that uh, we believe Zana was on TikTok at the time based on her digital footprint on her phone. I think there's definitely something that the defense can say about the DoorDash delivery. I do. I think they can say, what about the DoorDash delivery guy? If Zana got the DoorDash, if I'm not mistaken... I mean, there's so much we don't know, but if she went down there and she got the DoorDash and then she came back in, or was the DoorDash out there on the front porch and she never got it? I'm sure she paid. What's the story about that? I did see pictures of it being on the counter. I don't know if it's an empty bag or if there's food in it or what. Uh, did the killer bring the DoorDash in? What is the story with that? There's so much, so many answers that we don't have to these questions, but we can start seeing where the defense is going to look at it. After this clip, I got a little bit more I want to play, and then I had a clip I want to play from Lily Loop. She says that Brian Koberger was in she was was in the um Moscow de police departments, Moscow Police Departments, one of their their um what do you call it? It's not question and answers. One of their press conferences. She says he was in the she thinks she saw him in the background. And we'll see if you can see him too. After it, this. it represents a tremendous level of confidence, hubris, if you will, to think I'm going to go in there. I know there are people in there. There was just a delivery in there and begin 
the stabbing spree. Uh, the, the page four of that affidavit just made my blood curdle, Ashley, to think that there was, you know, crying, that there was a thud, that there was whimpering. Um, and we're certainly not putting any blame on the surviving roommate. I think what she witnessed was absolutely traumatic. Uh, but for him to then walk past a living witness and leave her alive makes no sense whatsoever unless somebody Casey, is in a... Can you, yeah. can you give me 10 seconds here, literally 10 sure. seconds? Do you think this is the first time killing? Uh, yes, I do, because of all the mistakes made. Because if he... There's a lot of you guys have been asking about the knife. How could somebody leave the sheath? She said that he was dressed in all black. I think he might have been wearing sweatpants, something without a belt. Then it couldn't have felt fit through the belt loop, and he would have been fumbling around with it. Um, I talked to an expert on knives, Eric Wilson, um, from Idaho. And he told me about what kind of knives they use. And, and we had an in-depth conversation off air too, about hunting in Idaho. And, um, I don't think somebody with experience in those areas would have chose the knife that he chose to do what he did. It would have been awkward. So I think, I think. Maybe this was his first time. We're going to know more about this later, of course. I mean, it would be very shocking and bring a lot of views if we connected it to other things. And I think some people want to do that. And I think other people, we just look at it and, and say, man, here in Washington and in Oregon, there were two similar killings as far as we know. But we don't know in those cases. We don't know all about everything in those cases. We don't know who all was involved in that and what was going on in the lives of those couples. One couple was murdered and the other couple, one was one of the lady was injured and the man was murdered. We don't know everything going on, but, but I think I, I do, I do think there was a lot of inexperience here. I think this was his first time. He'd done it before. He would not have been this sloppy, but just because this was in my estimation, the first time, if we hadn't have caught him, I doubt it would have been the last Casey Jordan, I knew you were the person to ask. Thank you so much for this one. I don't know if Ashley recorded all these on the same day or what. I'm curious to know. All right. Let me bring up that Lily Loop Nothing Burger 4.03 on the video. Let me cue this up here, guys. And you guys can, you guys are going to have to look with me. I'm going to have to get my spectacles on. Because I have a hard time seeing it. Have you considered going so? Okay, I'm going to get to the point. Next time, send me a video. It would really help out if you put the timestamp on there you can go to share you can go to the time and share it at the actual timestamp and that would help me all right i got it right here i'm gonna show the video i'm not gonna play the audio there'll be a link to everything i'm playing for you tonight on the show notes after this i want you guys to call me back in call back and i'll have a conversation with you about some of the things we're going over today let me line this up for you. I'm going to throw it on the big screen so you can see it clearly. 
I almost feel like I should play it and let me see. Let me play this in slow speed. So we'll have more time here. Playback speed is um um should I go half or 25? We'll start with half. All right. We'll start with half. I'm going to get a copy of this right here. I'll even throw it in the chat. In case you guys want to look at it on your own right there. Why not? Why not? All right. Here we go. You guys ready? This is at half speed. I can't comment. I can't. I don't know where Brian's supposedly at. I guess I could pause it right here for a little bit and look in the chat room because I don't see anything. There, okay, there. I don't see anything, though. Again, for those of you that's tuning in, this is a Moscow Police Department press conference, and somebody said they saw Brian Nothingburger in the audience. I don't see anything. Left front. I see a guy with narrow eyes right next to her. Yeah, I see him, but that doesn't look like him to me. I got Sherry in the in the uh, chat room saying it was not a ski mask. And to Sherry, I say thank you. I'm going to play this a little bit more. It makes no, somebody's saying it makes no sense for a knife sheath if not secured to body. It's like carrying a gun holster without securing the body when you know you're going to shoot someone. That's exactly correct. That leads to two th lines of thought. Some people are saying it was a setup, and some are saying that he's inexperienced. What, could it point to either, either of them? To me, it doesn't look like a nothing burger. This guy, you know, doesn't look like, I mean, does it resemble him a little bit? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, not him, not him, not him. He's quite handsome, actually. Much unlike Mr. Stavvy. Not him, not him. Yeah, nose is not as horrible and brows aren't bushfires. We got a report from our reporter on the ground. We have Echo Sherry. She said, just leaving Moscow, loss of Ellie in front of King Residence. King Road residence. Um, she was going there today. She let us know about it. I asked her to grab us a picture. So, that's him. Somebody says that's him. Again, this wasn't reported on this person's. It wasn't reported that that was him. Oh, there you go. There's a better look at him right there. See him? 
All right. I'm going to kick this down to quarter speed, and we're going to look at him move his head. Because since we're here, why the hell not? The voice line is now open. If you want to call me, tell me what you think about this gentleman. Is that nothing burger Bick knows? Look, he's about to look up. Look. Awesome. Thank you, Sherry. I appreciate that. Oh, there he is. Definitely not him. I would like to thank who sent me that. I'd like to thank Lily Loop for sending me that. I really appreciate it. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hey, what's up, man? This is William. Is this William? Yeah, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, what state are you from? Um, I'm actually out in PA. All right. What do you have for us tonight? I have a quick question for you. All right. So I'm I'm seeing this leaked uh, audio all over the place of that uh, the camera that picked up the commotion. All right. And uh, obviously, distinctly, there's commotion in the uh, in the camera. So if that camera picked up the commotion at four seventeen, I'm I'm trying to pinpoint how they got his camera or got his car on camera at four twenty, speeding away, in a three minute window. I'm trying to understand why this camera would even pick up this audio. Do they automatically? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they pick up audio from geez all the way down from my driveway. I so realize that, I but. So you have one. So maybe you can answer mm -hmm. this. Maybe you're the guy. Does it start recording uh, if there's only audio? I thought it had to have video too. Um, like I said, there should be video to that audio. Is because mine has mine just goes on and there's, and I get a notification right away of audio and video. Right. It's annoying, but it's very very touchy. Yeah. So there should be so, audio. It might not even show anything, but it would have had. Is, no, it, is it activated yeah. by by motion? Right. Yeah, motion or, or sound. Or sound. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, there, mm -hmm. there definitely yeah, that's would be, why, there'd be video with the audio. Yep. Exactly, but that's why they picked up the audio because it kicked on right away once it heard something. So, like I said, I'm just I'm just zooming out, looking at looking at all this, and I'm just trying to pin you know figure out how at 4:17 they heard the commotion, but at 4:20 that camera caught away to launcher speeding away. It doesn't, and if it's not adding up for for myself, it's, it's not going to add up for the, uh, you know, and, and during the trial. So could, can you explain that to me? All right. So what was the time again that it was recording? Four, four seventeen, oh. and, uh, four seventeen. um, the, yeah, the male, the male that, uh, was killed was still alive at that time, which means it was still a struggle going on. Okay. Now that's the time from the audio. And when did they get the video of the car speeding away? 420 PM. I mean, 420 AM. I mean, and this is all from the affidavit. I'm not just making up time right, here. So that's like a three-minute difference. Yes. When your camera activates, how long does it stay on? Uh, every time. Uh, it depends. It'll, it'll shut off if, if like, um, noise stops, and then it kicks back. That's why it's shut off a little bit during the, uh, uh, the leaked audio, because once the audio stops, it stops recording. Right. So the, the that's time, why I kept kicking back on and kicking back on. The times on this are very specific, and I'm with you. There's going to be video with that, too, and I want to know exactly what kicked it on. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, if there's a three-minute window, then I, I don't want to say it because, like I said, I, 
you know, I hope they got the guy and he's guilty, but it's just that's just not going to add up in court, and I'm I'm kind of nervous. Do we know the exactly? Do we know the exact time that the DoorDash driver was there? I uh, it says on there. I think it was like what four o three or four o four something like that, and then. At 4.17, it caught the audio, and then at 4.20 is when that picture of the uh, white Elantra was caught speeding away from the scene. A lot of people are having problem with the, this time, these time stamps that they're given. I don't blame them. And I noticed with the Moscow the Police Department right away, the time that they said that Maddie and Kaylee Gonsalves got there was incorrect, and the, the daughter, Steve's daughter, actually had to correct them because they had the wrong time. And they verified it with their internet activity. Oh, man. So I, just, I hope this isn't that case because it might be an innocent, you know, all their evidence yeah. might be real and they just made a mistake. But that you're right. That I would just, be a, I, yeah, I just feel like they should have released maybe two pages of an affidavit because this is the longest affidavit, affidavit I've ever seen personally that's been released, which is 19 pages, because I just feel like it gave too much information now for the defense to go off of, you know? They do, um, and there's also a lot that they redacted, too. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, but the defense is able to use that to, you know, uh, bring up to the jury. So it's just, like I said, to have specific times in there, and now the defense knows the times. And, and they're, I mean, and they're attorneys, they're defense attorneys. I'm just, you know, nobody. So if I can piece it together, I can't imagine, you know, what they're doing. So, again, I just wanted to call you because maybe you could have made some sense because I'm sitting here, I've been sitting here for the past, since it's leaked, trying to, looking at the affidavit, writing everything down, trying to figure this out, and it's not its not adding up at all. I got so, a question for you. You've listened to this a few times. Do you think it's real? Uh, from um, the name that was yelled, and, yeah, it, it just sounds like he came in. Like, it sounds like the male individual came in and saw what was going on, and he, that's why he was screaming uh, her name, mm-hmm. and there was a struggle. But like I said, it, uh, I don't know if it's validated. It's just it sounds usually right. when there's a video... Yeah, yeah. Usually, when there's something like this, one person has it, but now everybody has it, and everybody's talking about it, and nobody has said it's debunked yet. So I just feel like somebody hacked into because obviously they had the they said in the affidavit they have the they have the audio and or they have the uh, um, the footage. So it, it would make sense that this is it, but it stops and you don't hear the whole thing. So I'm sure there's more to it, and that's going to come up in in the trial. It's just like I said, the time frames don't. It just doesn't doesn't make sense so if that if that ring camera activates again and it goes past 420 then then there's really an issue so again i'm just kind of like i said i'm zoomed out looking in all this and i'm just trying to make sense of it all i think we're all scratching our heads right now but let's say that audio is real it is it's very yeah. loud to have been picked up i know that the ring camera wasn't that far away but it's really loud mm-hmm. and it's hard to understand how well, that much well, yeah yeah. Oh, I feel like I, the only explanation I can have to that is because they're all out in Idaho. Cause I lived in Arizona is it's not, it's not cold out there. So, you know, it's not, uh, uncommon to leave your window open, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, then there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I know defense is going to look at, but just the timeline itself just kind of makes me nervous from the uphill battle they're going to have, you know? It's going to be something. Thank for you for calling in. I appreciate it. That was no problem. I appreciate you points. trying to give me some clarity. In this. I hope I helped. Thank you, my man. You gave me clarity. Anyway, thank you. All right, man. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
like to thank him for calling in. If you guys would like to call in, phone number is 325-261-0892. I got it. Midnight caller line, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking to? Lady Di, excuse me. Lady Di in Pennsylvania. Hey, Lady Di, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, what do you got for us? I'm, um, I'm retired, so I've kind of um, obsessed on the, on the case. Um, feel horrible for the family. Uh, but I'm very angry. Uh, of course, with uh, Berger, because um, there's just too too much um, violence uh, across the whole United States going on with uh, mass shooting. I mean, it's just every single day, you know. I've been an advocate for Sandy Hook for years, um, and I do believe in free speech. You know, we... Um, uh, one of the mediums that uh, that everybody's on, <laughs> I'm uh, constantly, I was in jail so many times on that media, medium, I can't tell you. Um, um, every time I put a comment on, uh, it was, um, I was put in jail. And I have some friends that are on my, uh, well, on my medium that were, that are vets, that they were in jail so many times. Now, that particular medium now has, you know, people were so mad about being put in jail. I was put in jail for weeks, you know, but, uh, which I, every time that happened, I thought, well, that's great, you know. I hope somebody saw what I wrote, but, uh, um, the point is that they are uh, suppressing freedom of speech to the point of unbelievable. Uh, I found out something on this particular medium. Um, that they are now not posting what I'm writing. Now you ask me, how do I know this? I sent this to a couple of people, a couple of the vets that you know that they're not posting. Now I post, I'll post something that um, that they don't want to hear about, you know, about guns or something or many myriads of things because I believe in freedom of press, but. I found out that I'll post like uh, a long, you know, I, I, I know I write too long, you know. I do try to minimize what I'm saying, but people above me and below me have like 500, 1,000 comments. I have nothing. I found out. That's how I found out that I'm not being posted. There is, I can see it's posted. It's posting on my, on my view. But they're not posting it across the media. Ma'am, can I ask you a question? Um, we just played a video of audio from the house that was next door to the Kings Valley Road murder house. I want to know, were you watching? Did you hear that audio? What are your feelings on the audio? And I want to know if you think the audio is real or not. Myself, I was having trouble hearing everything that some other people were hearing. But uh, what is your take on that? I have a response on that. Uh-huh. Um, there, there is. I don't know if you saw the um, the video that they had on uh, 
I forget what that America's uh, most talented. They generated Elvis Presley singing from film and sound. And I mean, I didn't, I mean, you could tell it wasn't real, but it was so unbelievable. And what they are doing now with video and sound, look, look at you, you're picking up sounds and videos from, you know, from ringtones. There was a, there was a comment made there that somebody kept saying, help him, help him. Who was, okay, help him. Who was saying that? It was saying, help him. It was, I think it was um, her boyfriend and somebody was telling, help him, the boyfriend fighting Burger. Who would be, there was, I don't believe there was another person at that particular scene. So listen to that. Somebody, it's like three times real clear, help him. Who was saying that? That doesn't make any sense. In other words, Zena maybe was, I thought maybe Zena was sleeping, but I, I honestly, I, I have some doubts about it, really. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard for me. Um, it seems like whatever it is would have been really loud. It's hard for me to hear, and it is, it seems like it would have been really loud, so it, it doesn't make sense to what I heard in the affidavit, what I read in the affidavit. Yeah, three times somebody says, help him. And that, that doesn't make any sense. Like, who would be saying that to to help um, the boyfriend? And and maybe they were saying for Zena to get up and help. But who would be saying that? I don't know. There's just so much manipulation in in the film and video. Um, you know, and then the psychics have the person talk back, the box or whatever. That is so generated. Um, uh, you know, like they're having a... A seance or whatever and then they have the box talk back to you that it's the, it's the victims and it, it, it's just it's just so fraudulent you know it, it, but i mean how easy would it be to make up a video of them talking back you know uh, the one the, when they're saying help him who's saying that to him i don't who's helping the fight burger i don't understand that but i, uh, I don't know that, that's the ringtone and that's and i you know what i want to tell you something you know when they had those three boys that were being that were in the field across from the home that the police were for underage drinking? Oh yeah. I heard I originally heard now I know you think I'm crazy. I originally heard somebody say no, stop it. When they originally showed that tape. And I thought, Am I losing my mind? I really, I mean, you know, you get so many of these things, you're starting thinking, is, is it your, what, I heard it. But, you know, they had, they said that those um, um, cameras have uh, the same technology that they're talking about with the, the ringtone, that on those cameras, camcorders or whatever they have on their heads or whatever, the police, that they do have uh, um, escalated video or, I'm, I'm sorry, sound. And I heard that when it originally came on. That somebody, and I said, I heard somebody talking like a young girl. But then I thought, oh, that could have been some kids walking or, you know. But I did hear it originally. I don't know. Um, the video, that's scary. The, actually, did you hear about people that are talking at home? Um, and then you, you get, this has happened to me. I'll be talking to my daughter about something. 
and I go on, on, on my phone and there's something about what I was talking about to my daughter on the phone, it's, that they're showing you an advertisement. There's, and, and, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I must have, um, now I understand if you go to your doctor, you, you get, uh, like five minutes after you, you leave your doctor's office, there's a thing, a prescription for what you went there for, mm -hmm. or, you know, medications you should take. So I know they're listening to you on the phone. How do you know that the phones weren't listening to the, to it? I don't know. I'm sure they were some way. I want to thank you for calling. I appreciate it very much. I have, I'm running short on time and I want to take some more calls and there's this story I want to go over. It's about his attorney and how fast she's acting on the case. So I thank you for calling very much. And oh, I want to just once real quick about Ted Bundy he graduated in 72 from psychology. And that's the, how they said he, he, uh, he also used that education to, uh, uh, attack women. But I have a, a lot of knowledge about Ted Bundy and uh, that too. But I'll call you back. Great right. show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. I appreciate the call. All right, guys. I'm going to go over this article right here. This is about his attorney. If you've guys seen this or not. Suspect Nothing Burger's new female attorney famously overturned murder conviction after exposing a lying Idaho cop. So we're going to go over that story. Her name is Ann Taylor. Her husband's name is Chuck Taylor. I'm not sure. She previously overturned a murder conviction after catching out false statements from Idaho police. So I'm sure she's going to be looking at that again in this case. She's 57 years old. Doesn't look a day over 55. She's already sent a team of investigators to the house on King Road in Idaho to start a crime scene reconstruction ahead of Coburgers, nothing burgers, return to the state. Uh, and they did that post haste. I'll show you some of the footage of that in a minute. Here it is. And to me, it looks like they were looking at angles of the different things, where the different footage was. I think they're going to try to get some of that in Discovery. I thought this was an interesting article. There's going to be a link to all this in the show notes. This continuing coverage of the Moscow for tragedy. Caused supposedly by this suspect, one suspect nothing burger, Bick knows. She worked the case of Jonathan Ellington. He was accused of using his car to run over a woman in a road rage incident. She's now representing nothing burger. So it's not that that guy that she defended before didn't do it, but it's that some of the evidence was faked by one of the police officers. She's worked for the public defender's office since 20, uh, since 2004 and has given the top job in 2017 after John Adams retired. She worked on the case of Jonathan Ellington, who was accused of using his car to run over a woman in a road rage incident. Ellington, who was 45 at the time, was convicted and sentenced to 25 years for the crime before having it overturned because of an Idaho police officer's false testimony, and there's nothing more to the story. That is it. But there's a lot of false information in this case, and I hope nothing was faked. 
She's going to be looking at this. Everybody does deserve a fair trial with real information. She's a woman that's going to make sure that they're honest. All right, I'm going to go to see if I got any voicemail lines. I think. All right, let me go. Let me go to the voicemail. See if you guys left anything. Hey, Jerry, you need to scan in the back of the group. It was reported that he was seen in the back of the group at the press press conference. You're looking in the front. I'm looking at the front. Someone told me to look in the front. Um, let's see. All right, if you guys want to call and we still have some time, we got 15 minutes and the phone lines aren't lighting up. Um, I want I want to play you guys this. Oh, I just got a phone call. Midnight Radio, uh, this is Jerry. Could you please extinguish your listening device? It's extinguished. All right. How are you? What's your name? I'm good. This is JJ from Washington, Seattle area. I have two quick points I want to let you know about. So at that um, press conference, I think he missed it. He was noticed in the back of the group. So if you rescan the back of the group at the press conference, you might see him there. I heard that. Yes. The other point, the other point that I wanted to um, let you know is that the follow-up, Dan Taylor got that guy off, but when it went back to court, he was tried and convicted. Yes. Just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Great show. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. You have a good night. Bye. That was some awesome information right there. Appreciate that a lot. I'm going to go ahead and play this for a little bit. You guys want to see if the guy's in the bag. I don't, this isn't the full video. This is a plunder video. To the area. Um, I don't have the full press conference video, so I can't scan the back. Uh, somebody sent me this video because they were watching, and they saw him in the front. So you guys are saying he's in the back. That might even be a different video. It might be a different press conference. I'm not sure. But what I do want to play for you guys is this right here. Get the breaking news in Newport News. The police chief and mayor are giving an update on the school shooting. Let's listen in now. Is that we had uh, one adult female that suffered a gunshot wound. She is a teacher here at the school. She was transported to a local hospital where I can tell you that is where our thoughts and prayers are at right now. That she is still considered, her injuries are still considered life-threatening. But she, there was some improvement the last update that we got. Uh, the, the individual is a, a six-year-old uh uh, student. Uh, he is right now in police custody as we're working at the best way to our partners and different resources to address that situation. We have been in contact with our Commonwealth attorney uh, and, and some other entities to help us best get services to this, to this, um, this young man. Uh, the, the forensics has already been inside. We processed. This occurred in a classroom. It was isolated. This was not a, a situation where we had a, a, a student going up or any other individuals going up and down the halls with, with what is the real story of January 6th? Many Come on, man! Some people have described oh. actively firing in, in, a, in a, shoot, a long shooting conference. incident. It was in a classroom, uh, uh, an altercation that uh, took place there. 
that class has been processed. Uh, when we responded here, uh, as we brought in, we tried to coordinate uh, a line, a, a police line for parents to gather. We had uh, great resources, our partners, school board members, of course, Dr. Parker. We have a great working relationship. Uh, the mayor, uh, uh, the school staff here. What the officers did when they got here is they coordinated to move all the students, all the students and, and the faculty to the gymnasium to bring everyone together and to keep the kids uh, in, in, in interacting. You can imagine some of the fears and concern that they have as they're moving through the hallway. We did that systematically, but still in a safe and tactical situation to make sure we didn't have anything else. As they, they arrived, uh, we did hallway by hallway, and I cannot tell you, I have, to, I have to say, I cannot be more impressed with the faculty at this school. And I, that doesn't, I'm not just talking about teachers, I'm talking about every adult here played a role in helping us facilitate that movement. And it worked very, very well. I understand parents. Midnight caller line, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking to? Oh, I thought we were offline by now. Oh, no, we're doing a live show. Is this, who is this again? I just talked to you, didn't I? Oh, yes, you did just talk to me. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk to somebody else? I would be happy to hang up. Uh, we're going so if you're you're not watching the show, are you? Well, I was watching the show, but I thought the show was over. No, but, we're doing two um, hours. That's tonight. up to you. We're doing two hours. We're doing two hours tonight. I just played a video about a six-year-old that shot his teacher at school. No, I saw that. I I don't know how something like that could happen. It's horrifying, isn't it? Uh, well, me, it's, it's, it's quite horrifying. horrifying. Where would that child get that weapon? He got it from home. What would make him okay. think to use the weapon in that manner? Violence well, from home. I would think that someone would have to teach you to say that this is, I don't know. I really don't know. I have, I have several weapons in my house and um, nobody's ever tried to, toy with them. I think that um, I think it comes from anger in the in the home. If you've ever heard, uh, I think I thank you for calling. I'm about to end the show, so I'm going to let you go. I appreciate it. Okay, though. thank you. You do your thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's all right. Business. I understand. Okay, have a good night. So I think um, I think it comes from violence in the home. Um, I've seen these homes before. My home wasn't necessarily violent growing up, but if you have a parent that that hasn't learned to deal with that hasn't learned to deal with their emotions, guys, I'll take a few more calls after I speak here a little bit. That hasn't yet learned to deal with their emotions. And they're say it's my way or the highway. You do what I say. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to turn this phone line off. It's distracting me too much, guys. I'm gonna have to stop the show and turn off the phone line. I'll open it up as soon as I finish talking about this. All right. Sorry for you guys that are watching. 
I'm going to open up the phone line in a minute. Threw me off track here. So, again, for those of you that's tuning in, this was a six-year-old who took a gun, went to school, killed his teacher, shot his teacher in the classroom. Um, I believe there's violence in the home. And where does anger come from? It comes from believing that you've been wronged, right? It, it comes from a pride thinking who are you to do this to me this is my limit you're not going to dare do something like that to me i believe this child at this age is a reflection of what he's receiving from home and what he was receiving from home would have to be horrific for his mind to think that he was at that level that he needs to take that gun to class and kill his teacher and i believe at the age that he is he doesn't understand the consequences fully I think that he doesn't understand what taking a life is like. I, I think that reality, he might not even have fired a gun before. I think he was in that classroom, and after he committed the act, then reality would start to seep in when he realizes what he did, uh, what's going on, what's going to happen to him. I, don't, I know that there are some children who are born that have more awareness at the, about the age of three years old, you can talk to them and they're just as smart as you and I are right now. But I'll tell you what they, they even don't have, and they don't have an ability to know what's going to happen. They don't have an ability to understand consequences. Children live like in the now, you know, why am I, I'm happy now or I'm sad now, what immediately happened. They're not reminiscing about the future or the past. So this is horrific. And uh, thoughts and prayers go out to that boy, his family. I don't know what's going to happen to the parents I, and, and that teacher and her family especially and all those kids that had to see that. This is horrifying and staggering. So, yeah, I go through, I get these stories all the time. We go through them. I go through them weekly on a weekly basis, and uh, some of them really stick out. I'm going to play a little bit more of this. I'm going to open up the phone lines for a couple more phone calls, maybe. Parents were, there was some frustration as we wanted to make sure we worked with our school system to make sure we got parents and students back together. And, and Dr. Parker may talk more about that, but, but you can understand the frustration of just wanting to make sure to put their arms around their, their young one, and I can understand that. So I want to thank the citizens of this city that picked up their children today and how well they worked with us. The Sheriff's Department did an amazing job. The faculty and staff here, I just can't, I just can't go, I just can't, I just can't talk more about the work that they did. As you can imagine, this is a hard situation. It's a hard situation for families. It's a hard situation for our most valuable uh, uh, residents here as our young people, right? That's our future. We got to shake hands and give some high fives, but I saw a lot of tears today. There's going to be a link to all of the things I'm covering in the description after the show. I'm going to put that up there. I open up the phone line so I can take a couple more phone calls. Now, for those of you that were calling in earlier, you can go ahead and call me back. If you haven't called before, don't, don't call back twice. Just one call a show, please. And uh, wanna, if you want to talk about this shooting uh, by the six-year-old, we'll do that. Or if you have something else you want to say about the Moscow 4 case, we can talk about that. I'll give you about five more minutes, and then we're going to shut it up for today. Um, if you would hit like 
I would appreciate it very much if you've been entertained by this in any way or informed, entertainer informed, more mostly informed. This is this guys, this is your show. Yeah, send me this information. We go over it together. I'm gonna check my emails real quick. Okay. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Um, hi, Jerry. It's Laura. Hey, Laura. How you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad. What about you? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm recognize... really sorry, but that was my little brat in the background. <laughs> I recognize her. <laughs> he recognizes you. Yeah, she was wanting me to call because she wanted to say it again. But also, um, I was just wanting to say actually to you that I cannot wait for my hat. And thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah, I'm glad. I can't wait to get it. For everybody, we're going to do a hat giveaway what? tomorrow too. I'm going to let everybody know. We're going to do that tomorrow night. I plan on I'm doing... allowed to enter? <laughs> I'll not enter, I promise. Okay. Oh, I yeah. I am looking for... I do want a hoodie. You know what? We're... <laughs> she wants one, too. We are going to uh, open up a merchandise short, uh, store soon where you can guys can order hoodies and hats. And we've had hoodies in the past. Uh, I will. I'll definitely be on that. And we do have shipping now to Ireland and the UK. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Thank goodness. Because I was getting a little bit scared of not getting it and having to, you know, award it to somebody else. Oh, no. <laughs> we were working on it. As though I would have, but I just, I did really want it for myself. Selfish, I know, but, you know, sometimes a girl got to be. But I also do want to say I cannot even start to comprehend the shitting of the six-year-old. I can't. I can't either say that I put any blame on the parents. Yes, the gun should have been out of the way, but I know what kids are like. I have three. The eldest being 16 of a 15-year-old and obviously my little menace to society. Um, my five-year-old, I am well aware of what kids are capable of. In fact, so much so that my five-year-old broke into my own safe where I, obviously, I'm ex-military. I do have my own weapons that are kept in my safe. I ended up having to change my safe because she broke into it. Wow. And it was code. Yeah, wow, I know. Kids nowadays are not like the way we were. In fact, they're so intelligent. She's even tried picking locks. My son started picking the locks in my house when he was one years old. Yeah, it's scary, Jared, because I know your little boy is the same age as my little girl. It's scary. There's so much available out there nowadays. Now, obviously, as I'm sure you are, yes, they're allowed so much, you know, to watch, to see, and you have so much on lockdown with the internet nowadays. But there is so much still out there. My little girl comes home sometimes from school and says things to me that I am totally bewildered by. Oh, Lord. I can't understand where she's heard them, how she's heard it, and the only place can be at school. You know, because they're not things that are talked maybe about at home. And, you know, I am a single parent, and the things that she has said to me is like, what? <laughs> you know, 
It is. It's not a society that you or I or I am sure half of the people that are on, in fact, a hell of a lot more of the people that are on your chat. We cannot understand what is now going through children's heads, teenagers' heads, even the likes of the guys in Idaho for them, for children, like I am, I am calling them children because to me, they, they are, they're little. I could be their mum. You know, really they are young. children and what happens? Yeah, they are still their whole life ahead of them. And, but we don't understand, we, we don't realise how much nowadays children's lives are posted. Everything about them. You know, that tech, see that TikTok? I am on TikTok. I am, um, I have to accept a friend. You know, it's not like anybody can just follow me. I have to accept them. But it's ludicrous. It's so dangerous My having all that information is, out there, isn't it? Isn't that dangerous having all your information out there where someone could stalk yeah. you? Of course, yeah, it is. It is madness. Like my fifteen-year-old, you know, whenever it sort of, she sort of came off age where she was on social media like that, and I was obviously I have I can watch everything she does, all of our kind, very much like and hats off to him, Steve Gonzalez. Is that how you pronounce it, Steve Gonzalez? Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, they all had the same sort of password. Now, we don't in, at home here have the same passwords, but I can log in to all of my kids' accounts. You know, obviously, Caitlin has her own password to get in, but because I'm the main, um, and Caitlin, obviously, she's my eldest daughter, I'm the main owner of the account. She better watch out. I can out. get into all accounts. Caitlin, better watch she out. She's freaking better. You're right. Let her know you <laughs> have it, too. Not only that, like, oh, she's <laughs> awesome. Oh, she is well aware. Oh, she knows that girl. Does, and there was one time. She doesn't I, have another account that you I don't know about. Her. Oh, no. No. Uh, sure? no. No, no, All right. I have to be honest. Uh, I, no, I have to be honest. She's 15, and yeah, she has attitude. But she wouldn't be my daughter if she didn't. And I am there. I have to say, I'm very blessed at like how good she is. As though there's still time, there is still time. But I, I am. You know, we do have a really close relationship, me and Caitlin, and we we can talk. Sometimes she tells me things I don't need to know with her mother. <laughs> but I have to. I have to be. You know, I am blessed that we do have that relationship. And at least I know if there's anything that she will come to me, even if I don't really need to know, she'll still come to me. That's a good but relationship I cannot imagine. Have. It is. It, it really is. And like, I can't stress enough, you know, we can harbor on and harbor on at our kids. And like, I know from growing up, my mom, oh my goodness, she wouldn't let me breathe. And me and my mom didn't have, that relationship, and I was a wild, I was a wild child, like 14 years of age, and I was out doing things that, like, I really should never have been doing at a grown woman, never mind at 14. But my mum made, not when she made me, that's the wrong word, I rebelled because she was so harsh. See, I was just thinking about that. And I, well, Your daughter is almost at that yeah. rebelling age, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah, 15, yeah. 
but she is at that state, you know, see if she wants, like I've told her, see if you want to have a drink. Like at her her birthday, for instance, I'll give you an example. Her birthday was on the 12th of December and her birthday party was on the 17th and we hired a big inflatable nightclub and all her friends came over. Now, obviously, um, there was about 15 of them and they all stayed over at my house, but I had permission then. You know, if anybody was allowed to drink, they keep, their parents bought them. Wait what a they were like, and they wait, had wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. You said there was an inflatable nightclub. Oh yeah, That's I got awesome. an inflatable nightclub. You know, you get a bouncy castle. We don't have that here. No, no, no. No, I didn't know it wasn't a bouncy oh, castle. Oh, really? Oh my goodness, Jerry, this was awesome. That's a UK it was an thing. inflatable nightclub. Whoa. Well, I didn't think it was just a UK thing. I thought it was like an arm, but it was awesome. And it came with the disco lights, it came with a smoke machine, a strobe light. Oh, it was brilliant. And a little bar. This little like bar thing in the corner. It had VIP on top, the red carpet. It was it was brilliant. The best two hundred and twenty quid I ever spent. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that is in your money. You said twenty. But yeah, quid? it was really good. Two hundred and twenty. Oh, I don't know, maybe six or seven here. It was 220 pounds for the, for the nightclub, but it was brilliant. It was really, really good. It saved actually, you know, hiring somewhere. We do have a big, big barn, but then, you know, she wanted it, this nightclub instead of, well, she originally wanted a Hummer and that was going to cost 300 pounds for one hour. And I was like, no, not a chance. That's extortionate. But no, definitely, parents, you know, yeah, keep well tabs on your kids. And see, but no matter what, you could keep tabs on them till the moon comes home. And, well, when they get to that age, like the, the likes of those kids at university, you do have to let Reince drop. I can't. Oh, my little girl wants to be a marine biologist, my 15-year-old. The thought of that, and I know she has to travel the world, and I have to let everything drop. You know, I'm going to have to give her, she's going to already have to go across waters to go to university, and uh, I don't know. I I don't, I really don't. So as a mother. You instill as much as you can. So as a mother, you know, you've had, you have three different children, so you've been a mother for a while now. Mm-hmm. We look at this six-year-old boy, yeah. and I'm just yeah. Oh my goodness! And we don't even know what his parental situation is. Maybe he's living with his grandparents. So yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about that because I, we've had two shootings here yeah. in the town that I'm in. They were su- they were s words. I can't yeah, say it. I read that. And they used the they used the weapons. They got it from their grandfather's closet in both cases here. But uh, their families. Were I know. Dead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Their families were broken apart and they were living with the grandparents and they used the grandparents' weapons and it's just horrible. Yeah. Man. I can't, I can't comprehend. Like, I know um, there isn't, you know, I can't, I can't even say my, my own children. I know, obviously, of incidents of, of people that I know, you know, their children have the likes of, you know, Asperger's, autism, and there's 
had issues with their children, you know, maybe being violent towards them or maybe trying to get a knife that's used for cooking or whatever. But the likes of over here, well, obviously, there's only certain people that own guns. Guns are not like a thing, as I'm sure you're aware, mm-hmm. that not, you can't go into a shop over here. Like, I can't go to your Walmart. It's like our Tesco's. I can't go into Tesco's and buy the likes of a gun or a cave or knife or that does not happen. You cannot do that unless you are of, um, you know, you're in the police or you're military and you apply for a license and mm-hmm. then it's known that you have a weapon in your home. Then they come out, they assess where you keep that. It's, you know, and it can't be somewhere like, um, you know, just in a cupboard, in a safe. It has to be somewhere well out of the way. You know, the laws and rules over here are totally different. For a six-year-old to have his hands, to be able to get to a gun, I cannot, in my own head, comprehend that at all. My little girl is gone mad. She has that many Nerf guns. I am telling you, my bag is like a dartboard. I am constantly shot at by Nerf guns. That oh, is the, the least she'll get. The most she'll get. Emotionally. Nerf guns, they hurt. <laughs> we have Nerf gun fights. That, you know, to me, okay. But leaving a gun that he can take into school to shoot his teacher? What was his teacher, you know, there's so many questions. I could be on here all day. Why did he feel the need to shoot a teacher? Was there something wrong? What was annoying that child? What we do know from looking at it right now is that he, something would have happened before he went home, got a gun, then came back the next day. So he was mad at the teacher for some reason, but we don't know why. Yeah. This is what I even said to a girl on the chat. I could, whenever I've seen the little news built-in, I couldn't even click into it to find out because I was like, oh my goodness, that could have been my child. You know, my child is off that age. I have two others, you know. Why? I don't know. I just can't fathom how that can happen. You know, there's so many questions, so many people are going to ask. The only person that can answer is that six-year-old child. That's right. And the only person that's going to tell you the truth is that six-year-old child. Children at that age aren't, yes, they could tell you little white lies, but they are not really quite aware at that age of lying, as in you or I could, which is scary. What is that little boy going to say? This is definitely going to That's That's set his life in a scary. different place for the rest of his life. It is. And given the fact of nowadays we have social media, it's going to be there for forever. When I was growing up, we were lucky to even have what MSF. I'm just connected to the phone line. Plus the internet, waiting on my ma getting off the phone from my grammy so I could get on the MSN. <laughs> you know, whereas nowadays there's so much out there, 
everybody knows. Everybody knows everything about everybody. Like, I'm over here in Northern Ireland, and you're over there in Texas. I know what all's going on over, over in America. You know what all's going on here because of social media. That's true. Okay, we have the news, but do you sit at your dinner and watch your, the world's news or your local news? I don't watch any news, to be fair, anymore. But because I have social media. Yeah, I get my news from social media. That's true. Um, yeah. You, bring, you brought a good topic Help me, up. Jerry. Don't forget me. Yeah. I give you news too. That's true. You get, <laughs> I, actually, I do. That's true. I get my news from you guys. Yeah, and I get it from social media. I get it from you guys, yeah. It's mad. And I don't have time to watch and, um, anything else, you know. No. Just Ashley. That's Give it. Me a program I watched the first season with my little girl. And she told me it, it started there the other day. And I was like, what? What? And she's like, Mom, it started. I'm on the sixth episode. And I'm like, are you serious? I mean, I haven't been on Netflix in weeks. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah, it has been a while. And YouTube time is I'm different than other times, too. Uh, yeah, I'm on this case. Uh, I, I do feel like I was even thinking to myself earlier, I'm going to have to take a break. You're going to take a couple because weeks break and hit your Netflix? Case. Well, I'm saying a couple of weeks. Well, actually, oh my goodness. You're going to try. I didn't say that online. I do, I, I feel I do need, like I'm breathing it, eating it, sleeping it. I'm, yeah, I think it's really, I think when you have kids of your own, Jerry, takes on a totally different perspective. You can it see, does. especially when they're coming to that age of going to university and, you know, there's just so much more thought and feeling there. I'm not saying that somebody without kids doesn't have the same thoughts and feelings, but you sort of put yourself in the position of those parents. Like, see, watching the mothers and fathers and, oh, I just... I don't know. And see, even like I've seen posts about, you know, the beds coming out. And I'm like, oh my goodness, can people not just shut their mouths? <laughs> I'm sorry if that's really rude, but please. Okay. People are t they're taking the beds out. Maybe, yeah, the, they're taking them out for more analysis, whatever. It doesn't need to be plastered over social media. People don't need to change the colors in, this, in their screen or their pi the picture to see more? You know, oh, yeah. why? It's, it's, it's mad. There's no need for it. Yeah, somebody is you saying know, in the chat room, um, somebody saying, join Discord, we have a voice room. Join what, sorry? Discord? Yeah, they're, they're trying to get you to join Discord. So they can talk to you there too on the Discord. Oh, what's that? what? What's that? What's Discord? <laughs> what is Discord? Well, yeah, I don't know. It's where it's I where I don't know what it is. It's where the members join and they talk behind the scenes. Uh, instead of emails oh, of information, right. we have a room just for the Idaho Four for general talk. It's it's basically where Susan A hangs out and eats her dinner at every night. Well, I'm definitely going there then. She's my gal. <laughs> yeah, she's there. She wants to call. She's saying I said she couldn't, but I didn't. Oh, I, I she, get off. Yeah, she wants to call in. She, she, she's trying. Okay, she's, well. She can't decide. 
Thank you for calling. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, Susan, you have to call. I've called again. you got to call. And Mary, I, I was actually thinking earlier, I'm going to send you a little song, okay? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'm I'll, not singing it now live, no. but I'll, I'll, send <laughs> okay. you, I'll send you a song. <laughs> okay. And I can't wait. When I get my hat, I will send you a pic that you can post. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That was Laura, everybody, part of the family here on Midnight Radio. All right. I was going to give you guys till 7.15 because we started a little bit late, so that's exactly two hours. Susan said she wanted to call. She's acting like she doesn't want to call. She's going back and forth and back and forth and confusing me. But I'm going to give her some time to call if she wants to. If Let's see. I, I, I think I have everything for you guys that I was going to play. Let me double check real quick. So I would like to bring that up real quick about the merchandise. We have merchandise coming out. I'll let you guys know. And um, we have jumpers, we have hoodies, we also have shipping to the the UK. So it hits uh, England, Ireland, Germany, all that. And uh, we'll have coffee cups like mine. I don't have my Midnight Radio coffee cups. We also have hats. We'll have hats there so you can buy your own Midnight Radio hat. Tomorrow night we're going to do a giveaway of another hat. Somebody suggested that I just use a random comment picker so it just picks up your comment that you make on a post, but that's not fun, isn't it? Don't you guys like the interaction of doing it live? I know I do. You know, the other way, we'd have to wait till after the show's over. It's not a live giveaway, is it? So we're going to use the old random number generator as clunky as it is. I like it that way. I don't think Susan's going to call Susan. Come on. I didn't say, I didn't say anything about you not calling. I don't know where you got that from. This is Midnight Radio Primetime. This is the After Morning Show. I'm your host, Midnight. You know, I think I think what happens is Susan A. jokes about calling in. I call her out on it. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm going to actually have to call in now. And then you guys in the chat room get going on her. And uh, you talk her into calling, and then when she calls and talks, and you guys make fun of her. You, you and her have an interesting relationship. But Susan's always a good sport. Oh, you sent a voicemail. Susan says she sent a voicemail. Well, that's awesome. I could play that. I don't know how I missed all these calls. Stop lying and saying that I didn't call. So you, you called during when I was on the call. You, you called when I called. Where? Go ahead and call me again. Actually, you know what? We'll take this to the next level. I never heard a ring.
leave her a message. She doesn't answer. Now I'm getting confused. So, okay. We're about to wrap the stream up, guys. I'm just going to voicemail. Okay, so Susan is not getting through. All right, let's 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 try to find out what's going on here. This is supposed to be... Stop lying and saying that I didn't call. That sounds like Susan to me. I'm going to try to call her. Figure out what's going on here. Hello? Hi. Oh, my God. Now, I don't know why you didn't get through. I have no idea. I was right here waiting. I, it, it kept on saying, hey, this is the... And then you called. This is the second time you've called me. Oh, okay. I, oh, I, I know what happened. I know I what happened. how a phone works. I know what happened. It wasn't your fault. I always do this to you. I make you look ridiculous, and it's never your fault. <laughs> oh shit! Not gonna, I mean, not gonna turn down the. Are you? Are we still on the air? Yeah, of course we are. Or on. Oh. We're on the air in I about forty-seven different Nobody's countries. Nobody's in the chat. Probably everybody left. See, now I'm not gonna. Now it's not gonna be featured. I'm gonna have to call back tomorrow. I have all kinds of things to say. Now you don't have time for me. Look, and you probably disappointed Iron Dog like a lot. No, Iron Dog is happy. I just I just saw him or her right there saying yes. Yes, they're happy. I know, but I've got a lot of things to say, and you don't got the time to hear them. You don't have the time to hear them. Sorry. I got, I got the time to hear it. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to get all, all gangster on you. I got the time to hear it. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're picking up what you're putting down. Go ahead. You got no, I don't, now it's all weird because you called me, I called you. Da, 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 it got all weird. My whole life is weird. I'm sitting here in the red room talking to a well, bunch of strangers. I, I was going to talk about Dylan, but now it's, it's really, it was kind of serious, honestly. You're, hey, you got, a, you got a bowl of Fruit Loops next to your name in the chat room. How serious can we get? <laughs> no, I, not enough people are listening for because I really did want to make a point. I really well, did want to make a point. Here's what's going to happen. People all over the internet are, you know, like skewering this skew. Wait, no, they're persecuting her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're persecuting her. Right? Well, well um, a lot of people listen to the show not only live, but they also listen to it on Spotify. So. Well, I mean, I'm not saying on your channel. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying that you, you have viewers, trust me, listening to this. There's going to be thousands. So don't uh, worry about that. Okay. Well. And then you'll then you'll think there's too many people listening to you. But, yeah, you may, if that's what you want to talk about, you know, just yeah, let, I want to talk about opinion. that. But I don't want to talk. I think it, it's a longer conversation, quite frankly. And I think uh, it other people might have views on that as well to call in and talk about it. Because people feel very strongly one way and the other way. 
And some people think she was in on it, which I don't want to um, insult anyone, but I think that that's a little much. It does seem a little bit harsh. But uh, I had, you know, a whole thing that I wanted to go into. So it, it's, it's, I will call tomorrow. How about that? Okay. Is that okay? That's okay. Okay, is that good? That'll work. Uh, don't call me later, though, because I'm busy. I'm going to call you at about 2 a.m. Okay, that sounds good, though, because I think Matt's, I mean, my, I think my husband's asleep at that point. So call me then, and you can wake him up. Yes. Too. I'll call him. Um, and I got a bugle horn sound effect I, I can use, too. That would be great for him. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, before All you right. go, you could take us out for the night and tell everybody thank you for watching and listening to Midnight Radio. You want to do that? Uh, You're a natural. Okay. All, All right. right. You ready? I'll count you down. <laughs> I'm going to go three, two, one. Then I'm going to play the music. And then you'll say it. And then I'll hang up. All right? I feel like you're n nervous about this. A little bit. Three, two, <laughs> one. Thank you, audience, for listening to Midnight Radio. And good night. Thank you, Susan. We'll be back next week. Next week, what am I talking about? We'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow night. And uh, we'll have some more information for you. We'll continue our conversations then. And if you're in, I, was, I told you I was going to tell you about being a member. If you're interested in memberships in the chat room there, there's information up top to how to be a member. Uh, the first level is $2.99. That's a supporter. You just want to support. Two is a midnighter. That gives you access to exclusive videos, exclusive streams just for members and our Discord. And level three, that's our Midnight Rider, Rider program where we teach you how to write very well and effectively and emotionally. And you also have exclusive videos and exclusive content and access to our discord server so if you're interested in that appreciate it all the proceeds of this show goes to our music radio license that we are getting and we're going to have an awesome radio station with all the music you guys asked for so until tomorrow night 5 p.m all my best